0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Please gamble responsibly. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers make one of their first signings of the January window by recruiting midfielder Sean Goss from QPR. No confirmed news coming out of Celtic today as Lewis Morgan's deal appears to edge closer with the likes of Abui Kouassi perhaps heading out the door to get some game time. Louis Moult left big boots to fill at Motherwell who've today signed striker Curtis Main. Can he be the man in front of goal for Stephen Robinson? And in the second hour of tonight's show we'll take a closer look at the inner workings of the transfer window all will be revealed I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Mark Guidi and James McFadden on Wednesday night's Clyde One Super Scoreboard and here's the question to kick us off tonight of course you can get in touch with any of the footballing matters on your mind 0141 951 1025 but since it's that time of the year it's New Year's resolution time I want to know what should your club's New Year's resolution be? You can get as creative as you want It can be football related It might be something off the field I don't know Chance for you to be creative 01419511025 James and Mark Are we both well? Yep very good Good Gordon Happy New Year to you Same to you too Hope you have a good one uh, Mark I'll throw this one on you then Scottish football's New Year's resolution What should it be? Uh, I think we've got a good product But for me I'd still like to see More supporters being enticed To the games on a Saturday I want to see some Innovative plans From our authorities From from the clubs If you look at our top flight Gordon 12 clubs Half of them Probably don't get More than 4,000 um, to, to their home games Unless You know There's one or two Of the big boys um, In town You know Two or three of them Actually struggle to get more Than, than two and a half thousand So um, I'm not criticising the clubs I'm not criticising the public But let's I think we've got a good product But I'd just love to see More people Inside the grounds Enjoying it on a Saturday not bad to start us off What should your club's New Year's resolution be? 01419511025 And let's get your opinions on all the talking points of the day as well uh, Let's start with the news that Rangers have signed midfielder Sean Goss He signed on loan until the end of the season uh, We don't obviously know a great deal about him Because we haven't seen too much of him But he's a 22 year old uh, midfield player Mark And what, what we do know is that that's the, the pieces are starting to move into place slightly for Graham Murty. You know, we've seen rumours coming in the last couple of days about who may be coming in and certain players returning from loan spells, for instance. And now one confirmed today, Sean Goss. Yeah, well, I mean, it shows that um, Graham Murty's starting to take a bit of control, nice and early to get a body in. That means he can go to Florida next week, get a look at him for a week, bed in with his new teammates and uh, his surroundings. Don't know a lot about uh, the fella just now, but. I do think that Rangers are quite well off for midfielders, um, you know, when you look at it. So I think if you're going to bring somebody like that in, you either think he's got excellent potential or he's, he's ready to go. But clearly, he must have something um, about him, otherwise Rangers wouldn't be bringing him uh, to Ibrox. How do you assess the strength that Rangers have in that area, James? Time will tell how good Sean Goss mm. is um, or may turn out to be. We know that Andy Halliday's set to return. That may not quite be done in time uh, for the team going off to Florida there's still some paperwork to be sorted out there Michael O'Halloran has come back in how do you see it starting to come together? Well it looks as if uh, straight away they've strengthened because I know that the last few weeks Michael O'Halloran maybe hasn't had the impact he, he did at the start of the season but for me I, I've played with him and, and I think he's a, he's a good player and he, he's something different he brings pace and he, he found his goal scoring uh, form back at St Johnston. He's direct and he causes problems. And I think he was mismanaged by uh, Pedro Cachinha. 
who didn't fancy him at all but I think Graham Murray could probably get the best <coughs> out of him and he's another option so on the face of it I think it looks like they've strengthened early um, just even by recalling the players that have been out on loan um, and I'm sure they'll, they'll look to bring in a few more to, to bring competition because they have been a bit light uh, the last few weeks um, and and I'm sure that you know with a few more additions they can go and put in a strong challenge Rangers fans we know the way these things work in this day and age you hear about a new signing for your team you go straight on the internet you look at YouTube you look at Twitter you look at forums and all the rest of it I'm sure you've done your research so what do you make of the signing of Sean Goss 0141 951 1025 now sometimes it's okay for us to hold our hands up and be honest and say we haven't seen a great deal of a player so why don't we speak to someone who does know a bit about what Rangers are getting Paul Finney I'm pleased to say joins us on the line now Paul has a very successful may I add a QPR podcast down the road so Paul's going to give us the the inside info Paul how are you it's not too bad thanks for the build up I like that <laughs> I try my best Paul uh, well Paul you are the expert um, tell us <laughs> what, what Rangers are getting then in Sean Goss he's obviously not featured too much for your team but I'm sure you've seen him in the development squad and so on what type of player are Rangers getting well he's, he's basically come from Manchester United he based his game on Michael Carrick and he's very slight and um, as someone said when he made his debut he looks like he's seen about 10 Christmas prudents. And he's a good pass to the ball. He's got um, good vision. But physicality-wise, he needs a lot of building up. Uh, so there's the, the initial sort of response from Paul Mark. How, how do players like that tend to fare in our league? Listen, we're not going to judge a guy before he's kicked a ball. That, that's not the intention of this whatsoever. But um, Paul saying what he, what he has in, in technical ability, he perhaps lacks in a physicality. Well, first of all, give me the choice between the two. And I'd always take someone with technical uh, ability and you can work um, on the, f- the physique. Um, so if he's got a bit about him in terms of a touch and if he can lift his head, if he's modelling himself in somebody like, like Michael Carrick, as Paul says, if he's going to sit in that um, kind of role uh, as a holding midfielder, um, although I do have to say I think that Ross McCrory has looks as though he's going to emerge as, a, as an excellent holding midfielder. But obviously Rangers have done their homework on the on the lad. Otherwise they wouldn't be signing him. And um, yeah, you know it'd be better if, if you had the full package. If you had a, a lovely first touch, you scored the goal, and you know you you were strong as an ox um, as well but let's be honest if you had the full package A you'd be playing the first team at QPR or B if you were the full package you wouldn't be coming to play in Scotland you'd have a lot more to offer so we've always got to make allowances uh, for players in terms of that there's certain things that they won't have in their game but if you know if Paul's saying that he's got a bit about him then you know let's see what the boy's all about and give him a chance Yeah Paul would that be the main reason then that he's not managed to turn out for QPR's first team this season is it just a case that he's not as physically capable as the other players who hold down those positions It's very hard for anyone at QPR because we go through managers like Shredder Wheat and, <laughs> That's true um, You know so no one's had the chance to bring him on he's already he's been here a year he's the second manager do you know what I mean so that's really hard Plus with um, Massimo Lewingo, um, you've got Freeman, you've got Skern, you've got Ryan Manning breaking through. Um, as players like that, it's very hard. The midfields are probably our strongest area. So why not go to Scotland, give a few months, give a good account of yourself, um, get a first team football. Get his confidence. I think it's his confidence. He needs to get his confidence up. But I think he is a good player. There's definitely something about him. That, that Obviously, you don't go to Man United and get brought through their academies and kept and played an even in, in, in um, League Cup games if, if it's nothing special but you'll have to be fair about that and um, it's not his fault that QPR are going through a real development I mean we'll just give a debut to a young lad from 
the Irish League the other day who came in and scored a cracking goal. So, you know, we are looking at the youngsters and perhaps QPR failed, but we need to get him away for a bit, build his confidence up, get his range right, and then when he can come back, because the championship is really unforgiving. You know this like yourself, it's, it, you've got no time in the ball or anything. So maybe in Scotland we can get more time in the ball, he can, he can find his feet a bit more. Sort of the old cliche there. Uh, James, you'll have seen a lot of development football in England as well as north of the border. Just, just how different will will the step be for this player going out to Ibrox and all the expectation and everything else that goes along with it to what he'll have been used to in the academy set up down there? Well, the, the, the first difference is you, up here you play to win. Uh, academy football in England's nice, it looks good and everybody wants to play good football but... You know, we come up here. He won't. He won't be allowed to take touches on the ball. And if he doesn't have any sort of physicality, then I'm afraid that it'll be a tough time for him because you have to have some sort of physicality to go along with your your football and ability. And uh, it'll find it tough. Uh, he's going into a club. Um, Paul's made it sound like he was coming up here to get experience playing for one of the biggest clubs in the country. You know, it's it's not going to be a case of him coming up to Rangers and getting a a chance to build his confidence. He'll have to hit the ground running, or else he won't play because. Rangers, for all the, the, the last few years, they've not been great. You know, they're still a target and teams set out to go and frustrate them and play play hard against them, tackle them and, and be physical against them. And that's going to be the first port of call for him. He's going to have to, you know, be physical to get anywhere near the Rangers midfield. Uh, Mark, what about competition in that area? Because we mentioned Andy Halliday coming back. Um, I'm not sure if this player could be compared completely to, to Andy Halliday but certainly it sounds you know relatively similar in terms of a midfielder that likes to sit a bit deeper and play the ball around um, you know that Jason Holt has been in the midfield this season albeit perhaps a different type um, you look at the other players that are there Ryan Jack Ross McCrory where do you see it all fitting in the, the, the pieces of the jigsaw so to speak well first of all I'd say that um, Sean Goss is going to have to produce um, something um, special if he's going to dislodge Ross McCrory from the team, because I think McCrory pretty much, you know, even though it's only five or six games, he's made that position um, his own. You then throw Ryan Jack into the mix. You throw um, Jason Holt um, into the mix. You know, you know, I think they've got a, a decent midfield. Still a long way to go for them to be at the level of competition and um, authority that Celtic have got uh, in the middle of the park. But certainly Rangers, even by their performance on, on Saturday. Uh, you know, I was really pleased with the way Rangers played. If, if you draw a comparison to the game in September uh, at Ibrox when when Celtic won at a, a canter, Rangers didn't lay a glove on Celtic under Pedro Casinha. Um, they were an absolute disgrace that afternoon, and I believe that stemmed from the manager, to be honest. But you look at it uh, to Saturday, and it was absolutely night and day. And uh, you know, had Rangers nicked that game, you couldn't have grudged them um, a victory at all. So. Goss is going to have to come in here and uh, show that he's got a bit about them otherwise he'd have been as well staying at QPR OK Paul thanks for joining us we appreciate hey, your no insight worries. good man that was no Paul worries. Finney uh, runs a, a QPR podcast down the road so clearly knows a bit more about Sean Goss than we do so Rangers fans based on what you've just heard what do you make of today's signing 01419511025 Colin McNeil's on Twitter he says hi guys glad Rangers have made a signing but I don't know why they've brought the boy Goss in on loan um Mark, that's just one of those things, isn't it? Every team wants to see permanent signings and so on for a number of reasons, whether it be financial or otherwise. Uh, Rangers, perhaps, and the other party as well, have decided that this is what's best at the moment. Yeah, and, and you know the good thing about it is it's the chance to go away to Florida and get some good training. And 
you know, they're over there for for a week. You know, they'll, they'll get seven or eight good sessions in. Um, they'll get a chance to to gel, see like the boy's character is as well. Get to know his teammates. So you put that into the equation, then it makes sense to do it. Um, just now, I believe there's other targets. You know, I think I've said before. You know, I think we all know Jamie Walker is one that Rangers would like. I think there's an eye on Jordan Jones um, at Kilmarnock as well. There's an eye on Jack Hendry um, at Dundee, and that's just players on the radar um, up here. But for any manager, the quicker you can get a player in, the better. And Rangers have got some business done early. Now, I did ask you to be creative and tell us what you want your team's New Year's resolution to be. What would you like to see your team do differently this year compared to previous years? I think you've been a bit shy on the phone lines. 01419511025. Ian is in Alva. Good evening, Ian. Hi, panel. Your point tonight, Ian? Yeah, um, unfortunately, I'm a Rangers supporter, but unfortunately, I think if we go, if we get two inches behind them, they'll make, make another jump forward by their signings and so on and so on. So until we get a, an investor that's a billionaire, not a millionaire, um, who can lay down a substantial amount of money to get the ball rolling, so to speak. Um, and Rangers are playing better. And it's been said to me from someone that I know has been connected to the club before and that, that that's the case. And, and, and tell me why there's not a billionaire out there, Rangers supporter, who won't chuck some serious money at, at his club well, Mark, there's a, there's a question for you. I don't know how question you go, you go about answering that one. Give it a bash. Um, well, sorry, Ian, are you saying that, that you know of somebody's told you that there is somebody ready to come in that's got yeah, a right if, few quid if, or, or, or yeah, they're still... Yeah, if he, um, the present man, money man is out... Dave, Dave, Dave King, if he goes, is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, Right, OK, well, I've not, I've, I've not heard that specific... Um, line. What I have heard from a number of callers on this programme and stuff we've been doing the rounds, probably for 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 the best part of a year. Um, Gordon, you know, there's a money man ready to come in, there's somebody ready to come in, and um, you know, so far nothing's come to to fruition. I think it's easier said than done. And one thing that Ian is right about, you know, and I'm not <coughs> going to criticise the signing of Sean Goss or anybody else, but what Rangers have to do as best they can is try and get as many guys with experience under the belt, people that are ready to go in. And take on Celtic, and that's not that is going to be really, really difficult. And if Rangers do manage to get one or two, Celtic are sitting with with millions and millions in the bank. Concerned, you know, after what's happened to the club the past couple of years with European football, so they, if need be, they can really go and flex their, their muscle um, in the transfer market. So Rangers are always going to be playing um, catch up. But again, just going back to Saturday, um, if they look at that performance, that's got to give them encouragement. But what's really important for Rangers in the second half of the season is Gordon with all respect to teams such as Motherwell and Partick and, and Dundee you've got to take care of them to have any chance of not even winning the league but actually being in second place because they're beating Rangers, uh, Aberdeen home and away they've got to Parkhead and get a point they've got to Murrayfield um, and beating Hearts but the teams if you like in the bottom six that's where they've really let themselves down and if you want to become anywhere close 
to, to Premier League uh, champions You've got to go and win those kind of games Week in, week out Well Ross Stradamus is on Twitter He says that Sean Goss won't play He says his Doran's going to be injured forever Halliday's back Jack back Wallace back Where's Declan John going to play? It's getting congested in the Rangers midfield You know the number by now 01419511025 Any of your responses to today's news And of course we're looking for your Footballing New Year's resolutions We'll be back after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com Backing Scottish football all season long Please gamble responsibly Mark Guidi and James McFadden here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard I know some of you are back at work some of you got the luxury of another couple of days off and maybe some of you didn't even know we were on because of the break but we're going to be here for the next two weeks and as always we want you to get in touch maybe you've never called before well I'll let you in a bit of a secret it's quite quiet at the start of the show tonight so why not give us a call 01419511025 lots of tweets coming in though that's for sure uh, Scott says decent feature on SSB there with the QPR podcast guy Thank you Scott He says based on what he said I can't see Sean Goss uh, Shifting McCrory During his stint here And uh, loads of tweets Coming in about that Lots of them Not not so um, Not so kind So try and flick through The ones that we can read out Griff says Ha ha Guidi getting all excited About a QPR reserve player That no one's heard of I don't recall you Getting too excited Were you? No, I'm just trying to be fair to the boy And hope that he hope that he does well Wish the boy the best of luck uh, Anyway, like we said No con- confirmed news coming out of Rangers today In Sean Goss No confirmed news coming out of Celtic We'll get to some of the other transfers later on Motherwell, for instance, amongst others Mark, how do you see this window panning out for Celtic then? I suppose the one piece of news that's been prominent today Is that Ibui Kouassi could well leave the club To find some game time on loan yeah. um, We know that the Lewis Morgan deal Is supposed to be getting a bit closer Um what type of work does Brendan Rodgers have in his hands during this window? Well, he wants you know, like every manager, they want to come out of the window stronger than what they were when when the window kicked off. Um, I've got a feeling that, that that Celtic will sell Moussa Dembele this month. Um, I think that's maybe been the cards for a, for a few weeks. That said, it'll need to be at the price that, that suits Celtic. So I think Celtic will will know that there's, there's no way they can sell him for under. Twenty million pounds, which I think is fair considering some of the money that, that goes on down the road. But just you think they'll get that? Oh, they'll get Yeah, well, they won't sell them otherwise, um, Gordon, and and rightly so because you know, with all respect, you look down the road, twenty million pound is to use Brendan Rodgers as an astronomical fee for up here, but for down the road, that is your squad player. That is a guy that they're not expecting to to start every week. But I think you know Dembele has got the ability to go and make an impact um, in the APL. So. I would expect him to be sold in this window. I think, you know, one or two comments from Brendan Rodgers is, is hinting towards that. Uh, you know, the, the moral issue in terms of the boy can go and, whatever it is, treble his money and go and get 40, 50, 60 grand a week. Um, I think there's a World Cup coming up in the summer. If he has any aspirations to be a part of the French squad, which is going to be really difficult anyway, but if he does, with all respect, I don't think you get in the main French squad by playing against Motherwell and Kilmarnock and, and Partick Thistle and Dundee, you've got to go and show yourself at a higher um, level. So that would be on Dembele's mind as well. And I think there just comes a point, and I think I've reached that point where he was excellent, absolutely excellent for Celtic last season. This season he's been played a bit by by his hamstrings and stuff. And for me, it just looks as if there's a natural partner of the ways um, coming. So Celtic, you know, get whatever it is, 21, 22, 23 million pounds for somebody that they signed for half a million quid. And helped them have an extraordinary season last season So you know, I think everybody wins out of the situation uh, James, the other one that's 
on the radar at the moment for Celtic is Lewis Morgan um, I'm sure everyone was aware of him anyway But you've had the chance to tune in twice over the festive period to watch him in action He's found the, the back of the net three times You've obviously been playing in, in the same division as him How do you see that move for, for both parties? If and when it comes off Well, I think uh, the, the talk is he'll be loaned straight back So we won't see you know the, the difference until the summer um, But he's an exciting young player as I've said before He can go inside, outside I'm still not sure about foot kicks when that's a good thing because he's equally good with both. Um and and that's the that's the thing. He's quick and you know, he's intelligent. The, the thing for me is he can go inside and outside and, and when you play wide, you know, defenders hate playing against uh straight wide players that they don't know what they're gonna do next. And it's not because he doesn't. Sometimes you come up against players, I was a bit like that myself, where I don't know what I'm going to do, so how's the defender going to know? And it can be difficult, but he's so comfortable with both feet, and, and it's a defender's nightmare. So um, he's a good young Scottish player, and it's great to see that that you know he's getting exposure. He is, especially when not when I'm not being in the top division, uh, and and the fact that he's going to get a move to Celtic, I think it's it's fantastic for him and, and great for Scottish football. Okay, let's get back to the phone lines then. George is in Bears Den. Hi, George. Hi there, panel. Yeah, I was just uh, listening in in the car on my way home from work about the interest new only sign thing. Um, is it Lewis Goss or Sean, something? Sean Goss. Sean Goss, right? And he's a defensive uh, midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm a bit, I kind of a loss at this, and obviously I'd like the the lad to do well, especially if he's on loan. But given that we've got a number of loan players potentially coming back to the first team. I think you mentioned a couple of them, Andy Halliday, um, Michael Halloran and whatnot. I'm just thinking, is he going to get a game? And, you know, is it kind of like a panic purchase? Um, let me put that stage. Let me put that point to the guys first, George, then we'll bring you back in, Mark. Do we even really need to know right now? Because surely it's just a chance for the player to come and show what he can do. And if he turns yeah. up particularly well, then then he will force his way into the team, regardless of of who else is there. Yeah, I mean, just to, on one point that John says, you know, is it a panic purchase? Well, it's not a panic because you know, when when the third of January had this been, you know, eleven o'clock in the last day of the window, you might say, oh, it's just something that they're doing mm. for the sake of bringing a body in. But that's clearly not the case. But the quick, the big question is, you know, is he is he going to be good enough to to get a game now? We don't know because we've not heard anything from, from Rangers. So we don't know that the, the standard that Graham Murty sees him at. Um, I certainly don't think he'll be coming to go and play in the, in the reserves because you know, it's non-competitive football with the Rangers um, reserve team anyway. So that's not any good for the boy. So the boy must be thinking that he's coming here to try and um, and be a part of the Rangers uh, first team squad. Whether that means he's going to play every week or it's going to, he'll, he'll get... Eight or ten games between now and the end of the season all depends on how good he is. But if he is a holding midfielder, if that's where he's been pigeonholed, if there's not another position to his game, then all I'll say is he will have to be something pretty special to dislodge um, Ross McCrory. You want to come back in, George? Yeah, um, I, I think I think kind uh, of just uh, highlighted the point I wanted to make. I mean, if if the guy a uh, it's just a holding midfielder and that's what he's got in for then he's going to have a lot of competition but as you see time will tell um, I do support the move of you know um, own players coming back and what one player that I'm particularly hoping will come back in time is Ryan Hardy 
because the guy's he, he's got still there, potential. George. He, he's at Rangers at the moment. Oh, is he not out in loan? Not at the moment. No, no. All right, no. okay. He was, he was no. previously. Um, George, let me ask you then if you are not on the face of it, if you're not particularly keen on Rangers signing a midfielder, what would you like to see then during this window? Well, um, I mean, I'm not saying that uh, I'm against any signings, but I'm a wee bit cautious about, and I think I mentioned this before um, a few months ago, is the fact that Kishinya. Uh, signed about eight, eight or nine players on long-term deals. And I'm just a wee bit concerned that Rangers uh, may or may not get carried away and they've got to balance the books and things like that. Even with loan players, there's a loan fee and what have you. And I think your previous caller um, earlier on have mentioned about the concerns of uh, the finances and Rangers balancing the book. So it's it, it's it's not a criticism of a player, as you say, time will tell, but it's more a case of, uh, mm-hmm. I just hope Rangers don't get carried away and uh, are uh, keeping an eye on these uh, balance books. Mark, do you think Rangers will actively try this window to see players head for the exit? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. You know, one guy, you know, is, is Penner. You know, I just don't think he's he's, he's cut out for it. the man who signed them has gone. And Graham Murphy doesn't tend to use him that often. Yeah, and look, you know, if if we believe what, what we hear, and we've no reason to disbelieve it. You know, from various sources, and you know, he earns in the region, if not more than thirty thousand pounds a week, and that is money not well spent, and that's money Rangers can't afford to waste. They're not cash rich for that. But your problem is how do you how do you get him at the door? But even if you can get somebody to 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 take him on loan and take ten grand of the wages off you, it gives you something to go and. Um, play with uh, in the window Bruno Alves I thought might have been one that again that could have been for the exit this month but I don't know how is there any confirmation how long term the injury is that he, he picked was pictured up on yesterday with one of those protective on boots yeah. on so it doesn't look particularly uh, clever but that could obviously be a precaution at the moment it, until we get confirmation of, of just how long it could be but again you know I just question on, on the kind of wage that he's on you know if Rangers can get Pena and Alves off the boots, Gordon. That's the guts are sixty thousand pounds a week, which is you know a hell of a a hell of a saving three million pounds um, a, a season, which you you can put towards better value um, for money. There's a, there's another couple of players. There's Dalcio and one or two others. Can Diaz on the right hand side has been has been really really good. Um, I think he certainly offers um, something. But yeah, certainly there's. There's three or four there that uh, if Graham Murty could um, get away, then I'm, I'm sure that he would be happy to do so. Okay, thanks to George in Bears Den. A few tweets coming in. Uh, Paul Andrew Martin's on about Lewis Morgan. He says, very two-footed. Celtic should hire Lubo to work one-on-one. Never seen anyone as comfortable on both feet as the wee master. I don't know if, don't know if clubs do that, do they? One-on-one tuition, like homeschooling? I don't, don't know if that would catch on. Then uh, James, this is going to be one of those that you're either going to have a great story to tell me or you're just going to stare at me blankly and it's going to be really awkward for me and the listening audience. Liam Fleming says, ask Faddy about our dummy fight in the Motherwell changing room when we were in the youth team. And then he's put a wee emoji with a bandage round his head. It wasn't some... a dummy. It was real. It was just that we had boxing, <laughs> boxing mitts. It wasn't even gloves. It was mitts, but we had only had one each. And so, I remember it and he had a massive feed as well. So it was uh, quite sore in my horn for, for punching him. <laughs> so what is this? One hand behind the back, one boxing glove on, you just and you two dafties. You hit with a mitt. You, you can hit with the other hand and that's what it was. Just swing away. What did the... What, what did the loser have to do? It was a forfeit. No, no, nothing. nothing. It wasn't, there wasn't really a winner or a loser. It was right. just... 
have a few digs at you. Ah, good few digs. Who was the manager at that time? Uh, I think it, someone who allowed these things been, to go. Well, it was in Harry the dressing room. Was in the away dressing room. Billy Davis. Davis. Davis so once the, once the door shut in the away dressing room, anything went. Especially when the lights went out. Say no more, right, Liam Fleming? Hopefully that answers your question. Marks and Hamilton. Hi, Mark. Hi, panel. Uh, how's it going? Not too bad, you. Uh, I all right. I happy new year, mate. Yep, same to you. Uh, just a wee quick one, really. I was just uh, asked the panel if uh, you should read after the old Firm game at the weekend. I thought Rangers were really, really played really well. Really stood toe to toe, silenced a lot of people. And uh, one of the guys whose article I read was uh, Bill Lecky. Like his criticism of Alfredo Morelos, and then just in general, sort of the attitude of the press towards Morelos. I just find it really. It seems quite. Crazy how you've got this player who's come over here, he's top goal scorer in the league, he scored more goals this time than the 40 million player in the north side of the city, and yet he, he seems to be getting bashed. I mean, I just don't know, I just don't know why it seems to be constant Rangers bashing in the press, but it's as if they can't do anything right. Just is there any any excuse to have a pop? Uh, quite hard for us to talk on behalf of specific people, Mark. But I will ask Mark Guidi just generally then. Um, your, your thoughts on Alfredo Morelos do you think he is getting a hard ride what do you make of him so far uh, well you know first of all I'd say I don't think there's Rangers bashing get on in, in the press you know when Rangers lose games to to what you'd describe as an inferior opposition then they're entitled to be criticised just as the Rangers fans in the stand will, will be critical too um, in terms of Morelos you know he, he was denied by you know some good goalkeeping Craig Gordon but I think you know he really should have scored at least one goal on Saturday so when you play at that level and you know if we're saying if Rangers are to be to be serious about progress then that's the kind of chance or chances that Morelli should be put away but you're right in terms of you look at it you flip the coin it's his first season he is still only 21-22 um, and he, he's a top scorer um, in the SPL Premiership at the moment so you know from that point of view he's heading in the right direction but it goes back to the point if Rangers are to be really serious Morelis has to start banging in goals against Celtic or he has to be replaced by a superior striker uh, James I mean as Mark touched on there when you're 21 and you come to a new league and a new country and a new culture and a new style of football I can't imagine Alfredo Morelos would have had his sets, his sights set much higher than 12 goals between the signing and, and the new year So people will always of course look at the misses as well But I just wonder how much more you would really expect a player of that age Coming from Finnish football, it's not exactly you know, the, the best level ever Yeah, I think um, for me he needs help, he's there on his own And at times, teams are playing a back three now, he's playing against three I watched him in the semi-final against Motherwell in the first half I thought he was excellent he worked Motherwell's back three really hard and gave him a tough time. The only thing that was missing was a goal. But he, he was kind of isolated and I think that's been the case for the, a lot of the time. There isn't anybody else. Herrera's not the answer to come in and help him. Kenny Miller's injured. So there isn't anybody else to come in and take the burden off him. So when he misses chances, he's going to get bashed for it. That's as simple as that. However, what I like about him is he keeps going and he's always in the area to miss the chance. If he wasn't getting chances, then I could understand, you know, maybe the criticism, but he's there to miss them. I think he works hard, he leads the line well for them. He just needs help and that'll be something that will need to be addressed in this window. But I think overall, I think he's done well. Uh, as I said, he's, he started on fire. 
then he, he threw a spell and Oscar and goals and missing chances but as I said before he's got to be there to miss him and, and, and that's a positive for me uh, Mark your team have signed Sean Goss today now it's quite hard to really have a proper opinion about a player that's played so little top flight football but just wondering what, what you make of the signing on the face of it I think to be honest it's, it's probably just uh, a squad a squad player I don't think it'll be anything long term uh, I think it's just a six month get the guy games but I'm hoping he comes up and maybe he's like Heinemann last year and he's a real good starting off. Uh, but for me, Rangers, I think Rangers are lacking a quality number 10 and a left winger uh, and then a partner for Morelos. I think a player that will be up here before the end of the January window will be Jason Cummins. I think he'll be uh, in a Rangers shot before the end of, end of January. Uh, and I think a number 10 because can't you, I think you could see the weekend he was a passenger. But apart from that, I would couple of players in uh, number 10 and a left winger and then a new strike and our strike partner and I think Rangers will be good to because I think with Rangers as well is Rangers are I think Celtic have been allowed to be that good because Rangers have been so uh, up and down I mean you touched on it earlier with the, the games against Aberdeen and Habs and that we can beat them then we maybe don't turn up against St Johnston or Kilmarnock and I, I look at the day games as being points dropped, and the game of the weekend, I looked at, I, I was disappointed. I don't know one Rangers fan that wasn't disappointed at the end of the game because they didn't win the match because I thought we should have won that match, and that's why I, I take real exception to the guys that are saying we were over celebrating and we were clapping our players off the pitch when they didn't deserve it, uh, and that shows how far the Rangers have both have fallen. I don't know one Rangers fan that wasn't disappointed at not taking all three points. Because we went there and we turned up and that full stadium was silent for 60 minutes because we turned up. Great stuff. Thanks to Mark in Hamilton for his thoughts. You know where we are if you want to get in touch. It's 0141 951 1025. Uh, Receding Ryano on Twitter. See, I don't know where people get these names from. But anyway, uh, he's got quite a wish list. He says, Peña, Herrera, Alves, Rossiter, Windas, out. Walker, McLean pre-contract, another striker, a left-sided winger, Halliday and O'Halloran back. What well, did I ask? I did say it was that yep. season where you can get your lists into us uh, and let us know your thoughts. More of your calls after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Download the app and score a tap-in. Please gamble responsibly. Mark Guidi and James McFadden are both here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I think if you remember at the start of the show, I asked you what you wanted your club's New Year's resolution to be. Most of the ones that have come on Twitter are taking the mickey, I think. So uh, we've not really had too many serious responses to that. We are still here if you want to give us your thoughts. David Smith is on Twitter. He says, every single Rangers fan on the phone talking about being better than Celtic, catching Celtic, etc. Can you remind them Aberdeen also need caught? Okay, David, consider anyone who you feel need reminding, reminded. Mark is on the line, he's a Rangers fan, he's got his transfer wish list out, Mark. Hi there, it's just a couple of points I want to ask the panel. It's just to see, uh, obviously I would like to see Jamie Murphy coming to Ibrox and Russell Martin and Cummins and Boy Cochran for Hearts and Johnny Suter. That's quite a list. Uh, Let's try and go through them one by one, I'll let you back in, Mark. um, Mark Guidi, listen... A couple of them are obviously not going to happen I, I can't imagine So let's deal with the ones that really have had A bit of speculation behind them Jamie Murphy, maybe that's one for you James Given uh, the old Motherwell connection there I'm sure it's a player you know well uh, It would cost money So Rangers would have to, to cough up But what type of player would they be getting If uh, they could manage to, 
finance that one? Well, he's one that will play in the, the left wing. I know he's, he's right footed, but he plays wide left. And he, he bit similar to the description of uh, Lewis Morgan. He can go inside and go outside. He's a goal threat. Um, it, a great uh, time at Motherwell. And he went down and, and done well at Sheffield United to, to force her to entice Brighton to spending 2.2 million on him so he's a player that you know I like he's direct he's quick he'll score goals he can assist goals and and I think by all accounts he's a Rangers fan which I know, I know it's not a deciding factor but you know he wants to come back I'm sure he could get another move to a club in the championship in England or you know or a, or a big club down there anyway so it shows if he comes back that he wants to come back and do well for, for his club which is you know a, a great thing for me Again Mark It is that season We've all been there before the, They're all ifs We acknowledge that We acknowledge that Rangers Would still have to find the money And we acknowledge that It still had to be done But Would that be the The type of player You think that Rangers Should look at You know Another attacking threat A wide man Yeah well, As I said you know Jamie Murphy's On the radar Jordan Jones is on the radar um, You know Jason Cummins Has been mentioned I think that would depend on um, Who the next manager Of Nottingham Forest is Because he'd want to come in And Assess the squad and, and may well fancy um, Jason Cummings Russell Martin's not part of the plans at, at Norwich I think Russell Martin's got plenty to offer And I think he'd be a good sign for Rangers So those kind of likes of Harry Cochran and John Suter I don't think would it would happen Certainly not in this window But um, certainly there, there, there's players there That if you look at them on paper They would enhance the Rangers team But I think, you know Obviously they've signed Sean Goss today on, on, on loan But... Um, in order to get the, the kind of player that Mark has just mentioned there, I think they'd need to shift bodies out. They'd need to get free up some of that money. And like we've mentioned, you know, whether it's it's Pena, Alves, I think right, I think it was Mark, the previous caller, um, had mentioned, you know, Crankyard was, was was pretty much a passenger. And I forgot about Crankyard, who's a big earner. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, his time has come and gone. I think if you could move Crankyard on, then you certainly do. So there's if they can, if they're really lucky uh, in this window, then Rangers could certainly Shift, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 off their wage bill per week, and that would allow them to go and play about a bit in this window and get quality guys in, such as the ones that Mark's just mentioned. Uh, Mark, you want to come back in? Yes, uh, another point I was going to make as well. Nobody mentioned tonight about the abuse Dean Shields took. Uh, I think the Falkett fans should report the other Falkett fans, the Morins that actually keep the guy abuse. I mean, it's, un- it's just unacceptable, and I think the Falkett should be deducted points. Uh, Mark it's something that we we touched on uh, On last night's show as it was breaking yeah. And we had the statement from Falkirk and all the rest of it um, But I, I think Mark's summing up there certainly the way a lot of people Feel about this issue I, I, uh, I think it's a new law Gordon to be perfectly honest You know, We, we have chanting, we have different things um, That's going on but I think it's a new law I, I can't remember anything as bad unless somebody can can think of something, but certainly, you know, in the past well, decade, I'm sure or so, there's been a lot, but it's not a competition, is it? You know, no, that's it's the... not. You know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, it's not a competition, but I just think, you know, the behaviour of, of of certain salt Falkirk fans um, at East End Park yesterday it was, was just absolutely unacceptable, horrible, and uh, you know, I feel for I feel for Dean um, Shields, I, I absolutely do. Uh, Jim's a Celtic fan and ran through. Hi, Jim. How's it going? Not bad, you. Alright, I good. Do you know feed me out tonight? No. Oh, I don't know. It depends. Depends how it goes, Jim. You crack on. Right, I'll watch what I say. Um, <laughs> the, the, <clears throat> I keep hearing people saying about the second half and Saturday. It's bad enough as Celtic were. Celtic have scored A3 setters and they missed in the first half. They wouldn't have been a second half. Mark? 
Yeah, I, I, I recall certainly Scott Sinclair right in the kind of last minute or so had a chance to slip past the post. I think Wes Fodringham had a, a terrific save from was it James Forrest. Um, so you know certainly Celtic had a couple of chances. Rangers had a couple of chances in the first ten minutes. Celtic were sloppy at the back, and then unless I'm mistaken, the second forty-five minutes Rangers certainly the better chances. Two great saves by Craig Gordon Morelles. Uh, has missed a sitter so you know over, over the piece there certainly would have been um, a lot of goals in it and uh, you know that was the most surprising thing that actually finished 0-0 James what did you make of it it's one of those fixtures that people still think about a few days on Jim's given us his opinion on the game yeah it was you know I think Rangers were the better side and, and had probably the better chances but if you don't take them you're not going to win the game and it's equal with Celtic you know I, I know you can say that if they'd have taken their chances but they never so and it's that kind of game where whether it's you know nerves or, or the occasion getting the better of you it's, it's a difficult one but you know it was good to see that there was more competition in that game I'm not saying that because Rangers uh, got a draw at Celtic that they're going to go and challenge for the league but it was good to see that it wasn't they weren't swept aside as they were earlier in the season and there's signs there, you know, for me, I think the last few weeks, certainly for Celtic, their performance levels have been far below what, they, what they're used to. Um, and they need to find a settled a settled side. Uh, they had that mostly, f- for the most part, last year. Um, they need to go and keep chopping and changing the strikers. And Griffith scored one week, he doesn't play. I think he's got to go and nail it down. If, he's, if Dembele leaves, then to me it looks like he might be looking to bring somebody else in and... and because if, if Griffiths is going to be your main strike and you're going to sell the other one, then you, you would play the one that's going to stay for me. So Celtic need to go and strengthen as well. I think they've went a bit, you know, their performance levels haven't been great. So, you know, it'll be, it should be exciting for, for fans and neutrals, obviously the fans of both sets of sides as well, to, to see what happens in January, to, to look forward to the, the title running. Uh, Jim, if you had one thing you'd be looking for from this transfer window, what would it be? What would it be? Uh, that's a good question. Thank you, Jim. I would like I would like to see a a midfield player revision. You know, a, a, a Lubo. I mean, I know it's hard to get, but we've not got a player revision. We McGregor's got a bit of vision, but to me, he's too powder puff. If we're going to bring a midfield player in, maybe John McGinn to help Scott Brown with a bit of muscle in the middle of the park. But but a, a midfield player with a good a, a good good vision. Because Celtic don't put the ball forward with telling passes too often for me. Mm. You know, they don't put a ball... It's goes side to side, but very rarely you, get, you see them putting a ball in between the full-back and the, the centre-half or in between the two centre-halves. So a player like that, but they're, of course, playing in Celtic will not pay the money for it. Oh, I, I mean, I'd, you know, without upsetting any of our, our, our Hibs listeners or the Hibs board or Neil Lennon, anybody, I, I think that John McGinn would be an outstanding signing for Celtic. I think he's got the ability... And the temperament um, to go and be a right good player, but but Jim's right, he, he wouldn't come cheap. I think Nottingham Forest bid around about a million or something for him uh, in the window, which um, I thought was uh, I wouldn't even describe that as, as cheeky. It probably was a derogatory uh, amount. I think John McGinn, you know, is is, is upwards of three million quid. Um, Gordon, you could put you could put in between three and five. I look at it as if you know. Scott Brown went a decade ago for 4.4 million from Hibs you know what does that make John McGinn um, worth I know that's up to managers and clubs to 
to sort that out But I certainly think McGinn's got the ability That's for sure Lots of your footballing New Year's resolutions Coming in on Twitter Mark Ward says My New Year Celtic wish Is the continued investment And playing of Scottish talent Russell Abercrombie says Kilmarnock's New Year's wishes Has to be to tie Stevie Clark down For as long as he'll stay for And to do everything To persuade Naismith To return home The idea of Boyd And Nasey together Is spine tingling There we are um, So It is that time Of the evening Where we do this Beat the pundits with goals in the Scottish sun. The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Remember in the second hour of tonight's show we're going to chat to a football agent, one of those mystery men who wheels and deals at this time of the year and try and get a bit of an insight into what happens during transfer windows and so on. But before that it's time to play Beat the Pundit. If you fancy your chances, if you want to take on Mark Guidi or James McFadden Now is the time to go and pick up the phone It's 0141 951 And you could play Beat the Pundit After the news Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Ladbrooks.com Bet and play And pull a result out of the bag Please gamble responsibly Mark Guidi and James McFadden here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Still looking for your footballing New Year's resolutions And we're going to take a closer look at what goes on behind the scenes In the January transfer window But before we do that Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It's just after 7 o'clock And that means it is beat the pundit time Tonight's lucky contestant is Joe Brownlee He's a Celtic fan from Crookston Hi Joe Hello, How are you? Happy New Year to you, Joe. Joe, as a Celtic fan, before I get you on Beat the Pundit, what would your uh, football New Year's resolution be? Uh, to get past St. in the Europa League. Okay, fair enough. Topical, I like that one. Uh, right, Joe, now, I do have a bit of a disappointing announcement to make to you all. I'm sure regular listeners of the show will know that I have my trusty Beat the Pundit coin. It's an old pound coin, so I left it in the studio so that no one would steal it. And we made a big deal about this last night. I've come in today, and it's gone. So someone in this building is so tight that they've stolen an old pound coin that can't even be used anywhere. I do not know what the world's coming to. Luckily, I've found a replacement in my pocket. Tails, it's James McFadden. Heads, it's Mark Guidi. Don't know why I did that back to front. And it is heads It's going to be Mark Guidi Up against Joel Brownlee From Crookston <clears throat> James McFadden Breathes a sigh of relief Let's give um, Mark Some clay two in his ear So that he can't Steal your answers Joe And get the clock ready Joe I'm sure you've heard it before But in case you've not It's 30 seconds Head to head You can pass Here's your chance To beat the pundit Okay Get the clock set up English Championship player Kevin O'Connor Won a million pounds On the Irish lottery yesterday Which team does he play for? Uh, both Rangers have signed Sean Goss on loan from which club? Pass Which English side are nicknamed the Potters? Stoke City uh, Indian club Kerala Blasters today announced which former England goalkeeper as their new manager? Peter uh, Marco Silva is the manager of which English Premier League side? Uh, okay, let's bring Mark Weedy back You're with us Mark Yes Great stuff Right same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock Let's do it English Championship player Kevin O'Connor Won a million pounds On the Irish lottery yesterday But which team does he play for? Brentford Rangers have signed Sean Goss On loan from which club? QPR Which English side are nicknamed The Potters? Stoke City 
Um, Indian club Kerala Blasters today announced which former England goalkeeper is their new manager. David Seaman Uh, Marco Silva is the manager of which English Premier League side Which Portuguese team play at the Estadio Duluth Benfica And from which team did Celtic sign Mikel Lustig Rosenberg Okay How are you feeling about that Joe? Defeated (laughs) Defeated Very uh, straight to the point Well let's go through them You never know Uh, English Championship player Kevin O'Connor Won a million pounds on the Irish lottery yesterday He plays for James, any ideas? Preston It is Preston oh. So no one got that one right By the way, what about that? Brilliant, no. <laughs> Just add that on to the Appearance bonus If he gets one this weekend um, Rangers have signed Sean Goss On loan from QPR Joe, so Mark got that Moves into a 1-0 lead uh, It's Stoke City of course Nicknamed the Potters You both got that correct So it's 2-1 to Mark Which goalkeeper Former England goalkeeper Is the new Kerala Blasters manager In India? David James It's David James yeah. uh, So none of you got that right And then I must say Joe This is where Mark started to pull away Marco Silva is the manager of Watford The Estadio Duluth is the home of Benfica And Celtic signed Mikel Lustig from Rosenborg So it was a 4 In fact it was a 5-1 victory For Mark Guidi Hardlines Joe It does indeed Not the scoreline you wanted this time though Joe Thanks for taking well part Well done Joe <clears throat> Good man, that was Joe in Crookston there I said last night, I want to see how long the pundits unbeaten run can go At the start of 2018 I'm sure someone out there can bring it to an end very soon Same time tomorrow night if you want to play Beat the Pundit Maybe it's because the unlucky coin uh, The lucky coin, should I say, is gone I can't believe it, someone stole my old pound coin Anyway, it's that time of the year, that time of the season uh, Gentlemen, we've spent most of the show talking about the transfer window And rumour and speculation And can clubs wheel and deal And so on Well, time to take a bit of a look behind the scenes At the transfer window And what goes into it I'm pleased to say we're joined on the line by football agent Jerry Carlyle Jerry, how are you? Thanks for joining us Hello Duncan, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks uh, Jerry, just trying to give us a bit of a flavour of what goes into to the window from an agent's point of view James McFadden's here He's going to tell us in a minute or two He now knows it, I'm going to throw it upon him What goes into it as a player But just how busy is it from an agent? Is it something that we imagine has been really busy? Uh, does, it, does it always turn out to be that way? No, it's definitely busy But I suppose it isn't just the, the window itself You know, There's a lot of work uh, that's, that's done in between the windows as well uh, But I suppose when it, when it comes up to the, the actual January uh, that's when the clubs are really starting to make their moves, and um, while they might have made inquiries about players and and so on beforehand, um, uh, you know, during the actual windows themselves is when the uh, when the transactions are made. I suppose. I mean, for instance, a player that that you work with is Niall McGinn, one who moved recently back back to these parts. Um, that was a move that was sort of wrapped up very early on. But when there was a number of clubs keeping tabs on him, it was well publicised. You know, Aberdeen, obviously, um, Hearts and Hibs as well. Just how much of a, a, a negotiating period is that for you? Well, I suppose during that period, I was in almost daily contact with, with a number of clubs. Um and really, you're just trying to work out what the best scenario is and what the best overall deal is. And, and sometimes it doesn't come down to just pure finances. A lot of the time, it comes down to the uh, the length of the contract or, or, or what actually just makes the player happy. So, yeah, that one took a few weeks. But uh, ultimately, uh, you know, the player himself decides. And uh, in, this, in this occasion, uh, he decided to go back to Aberdeen. 
I'm not necessarily expecting you to name names, uh, but did, did you find Jerry that you know some clubs are, are more difficult to deal with than others? Do some have processes and things in place that uh, made life difficult or perhaps easy on the other side? I, I find it that generally speaking that they, they, they do have different processes. You know, some of them you'll just deal directly with the manager, and uh, the deal can be done and dusted effectively through the manager. Others you you might deal with the head of recruitment. Um, others, you know, I suppose uh, in the Aberdeen instance uh, this time, you know, you you were dealing with a whole range of people right up to the chairman. Um, uh, so, so different clubs have different processes in place, and I suppose it's really just what works for the given club. Uh, James, let me bring you in then, as the as the player in all of this. What are your memories of of transfers, transfer windows, and, and that type of thing? Anything that that sticks out? No, I think uh, it depends on. As a player, whether you're either looking to get a move or you're doing well, and and somebody's maybe gave you a ring to say this team will are interested and they'll be making a bid come January or whatever. Uh, the time when I left to go to Birmingham, it was I had a discussion with the manager in early December. I think that it was time for me to move on, and and that's when it started for me really. Um, and then I think you know the agent gets involved and speaks to the club and. The clubs will speak and determine how much they're going to, you know, before they go into that, the club might say, right, they, this is what we're willing to pay, they'll try to buy you. Your club will say, we won't accept anything less. When I was leaving Everton, uh, David Moyes says he wouldn't accept anything less than six million. And I thought, right, well, I'm not going anywhere because there's, I don't play every week and there's no chance I'll be leaving. Um, and, and Birmingham paid that money. So for me, it was just a case of waiting for waiting for it to go, there was a bid went in, it was rejected, another one went in, it was rejected. And you just think that as time goes on it's gonna the time's gonna run out, especially it's a short window and you, you don't think it's gonna last. But you know, it, it can be difficult. It depends on, you know, whether a player's happy or if a player's doing well and a club want to come in, then they're gonna have to pay more to the club and also to the player because it's when they're more desperate for, for uh Additions to their squads I mean we've got Jerry on the line Who obviously handles the, the agent side of things And how much though Sometimes Does the, the, the player need to To really sort of get involved And, and enforce things I know you've You've spoken before about You know when you left Motherwell for Everton It perhaps didn't look like It was going to happen And there became a point When, when you had to Basically make your feelings known Just remind us of that scenario um, I think you know You always have You know your agent can tell you This team are interested That means that can mean they've put a phone call and spoke to, as Jerry says, head of recruitment or the manager or whoever it is, and they've says, oh, I like him, that could be something we'll do. That's an interest, you know, but as a player, as soon as you hear that, you think, right, good, we'll get it sorted. But, you know, there's a long way to go after that. So the thing with, with the Everton move for me, uh, John Boyle says he wanted £3 million for me, and I, I think it was, I was 20, and I thought it was ludicrous, so... Everton had bid, uh, I think there, it was a deal total on £1.25 million and Motherwell knocked it back so I phoned the chairman and the manager to make sure that, that the move went ahead because I knew it was a once in a lifetime opportunity for me and, and I knew that there was never going to be anybody paying £3 million for me so that was one where I thought time was going to run out, that was on deadline day and by the time I'd done my medical and I actually signed the forms it was I think a day after the, the window shut so I had to force that through because it was more to do with the opportunity to go and play in the Premier League. Um, but it can happen where, you know, I've had transfer windows where you think you're going to move, 
and the clubs can't agree a fee or you know whatever whatever the reason is one club doesn't want to let you go whatever it's difficult because it needs to be right for everybody or else you don't go I think we saw that the most high profile one with Philip Coutinho in the summer obviously the player wanted to go and, and Liverpool weren't happy to let him go so clubs have got more power now than, than what, what they did to have it went that the clubs had all the power then the players had the power and now the clubs do because of the amount of money that's involved in it Is that something you've noticed Jerry? do you feel has it changed has there been a shift in power who really holds all the, all the cards when it comes to these uh, negotiations or is it a, a bit of a mix I suppose James is right there that the, you know the, the clubs do have uh, a lot of the power but I think it really depends on you know how much a club wants a particular player and 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 I suppose at what level you know that player is but I suppose even if you go right to the to the highest level or in the Coutinho um, example you know it won't always suit all the parties so so there there, there is power uh, that, that lies with the player sometimes there's power that lies with the clubs uh, sometimes it's really a combination or a mixture really of everything that you put in the middle and then whatever comes out of it does that suit all the parties involved one thing's for clear, Mark, and you've seen it many times in your career in, in the media. Um, it's just interesting to listen to Jerry and James and just take a second to remember all the things that have to come together. And that's why for all the speculation and fans kind of wish lists, and rightly so, it sometimes takes quite a lot of work to get these things over the line. Yeah, you know, it does, you know, because you need three willing parties, a buying club, a selling club and, and a player. You know, unless it's, it's freedom of contract, then there's just two parties involved, but... Yeah, it takes a lot to go over the line because there's all sorts of mm. implications and regulations and how you structure the contract and you know the, the, the different way, wee bits that you can get uh, out of it. It's not just a case of again a million a million pound fee with a club and giving a player ten thousand pounds a week. It doesn't work as as easy as that. And as Jerry knows as well, you know there's, there's agents fees to be negotiated too, which is an important part of uh, of any deal. So yeah, it takes a lot to go over the line. It's not just something that happens in an hour or two. Great stuff. Big thanks to Jerry Carlyle for joining us on the line there. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Great stuff. That was Jerry giving us a bit of an insight into the work of a football agent during the January window. Let's get back to the phone lines. Looking to let you guys have your say. John's in Paisley. Hi, John. How you doing, Colin? How you doing? Hey, Mark and James, how you doing? Yes, yeah, so good. Thank you. Same to you. Happy New Year. First of all, I'd like to congratulate Rangers, not mean, for tearing Celtic apart the second mm. half. No, I mean, that's my first point of view for the new year. No, I mean, I well, was I know what you mean, bits. John. I was chuffed bits. You know what I mean? That we went there, as what I said before the game, we made our, we made our mark, but I don't think we'll sign anybody between the and the end of the season, bar one players. What do you think? Well, Mark, obviously Sean Goss arriving today on a loan. I, I can't know for sure. I would imagine most Rangers fans would be a bit disappointed if that was the way it turned out, that there were no permanent signings. Yeah, well, this is where you've got to be creative. You know, this is where Mark Gallen, um, you know, should have a list in his scouting network. Graham Murty and his backroom staff and his contacts down south, up here, abroad, you know, wherever it may be. This is where the everybody comes together and the board to to go and you know either find money or get you know a couple of boys out the door to go and free up wages, whatever it may be. Again, that comes back to just what we're talking about a couple of minutes ago with uh, with with Jerry. You know, there's a lot of things uh, that need to happen in the background for a deal uh, to go through. Will Rangers spend money in this window? I'd be very surprised if they spent, you know, a million quid in a player or something like that, Gordon. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think, you know, as I say, if they get to work and work hard and, and you know, wheel and deal a bit, then there's no reason why they shouldn't uh, free up some money 
uh, to get you know a couple of right good players in. Whether they're loans or whatever, I don't think matters. I'm not overly against loans. You know, loans can be very productive. They can suit uh, all parties in different ways. Bottom line is, whether the guy's in loan or whether he's permanent, as long as he's helping you win on a Saturday, that's all that matters. Mm. So you know, if it's loan players that came in, as long as they're better quality than what you've got, then that's what you've got to aim for. Let's come I back in. I can't see. You know, I mean, listen, listen, get rid of Carlos Pena and Alves and the people. Not I mean. My, my opinion, Alvarez, no, I mean, he even done like a sack of totties against Celtic, no, I mean, because he's injured, no, I mean, just well, wanted to that be, part, To be part. fair, John, to be fair, he's in a protective boot the following day, so I'm not sure uh, how you would yeah, know that he would, I, he was kidding on. I, Quite I a serious allegation. I'll take that back. Okay. I'm just not aware that. I just don't think he was interested, right? And I think the best thing he could do is just go with Pedro if he wants. I'm quite happy for him to go there because I thought the boy Bates come in and done a job. He kept your forty million, fifty million pound player in his back pocket. So, no, I mean, if we can't get rid of these players, we can't move on. No, I mean, and Carlos Pena. No, I mean, I wish somebody would just do us a favour and take these people off their horns. No, I mean, because they're costing us money. That goes back to again, Mark. What, what we were saying there, you know, with Jerry, it takes a number of parties. So. Fair enough, John's entitled to his opinion He wants to move these players on Rangers may well want to as well But yeah. there also becomes a point think, where the, Unless another club can come in and, and match wages and things like that Then it's not all, It's a bit easier said than done On that, and something we didn't cover on Speaking about the transfer window Sometimes a player's doing well And he sells himself And there's other time where an agent's got to do the work And make sure that he can get the best deal possible Might be, a, might be employed by a club to say The club will phone the agent and say we want ready him We want ready him This is what we'll take Sometimes we'll take a contribution To their wages Just to get them Out the door So If a player's doing well It's an easier sell Like Sepena Bruno Alves Cancha It's a hard sell Unless they go And, and uh, Pedro Cachina Really does believe That Carlos Pena Is a good player And if he does Then, he, then he'll sign him for, for the team he's at At the minute But You know Sometimes it's it's harder To get rid of players than, than, than others uh, thanks to John and Paisley for that call The plot thickens on my disappearing pound coin The old pound coin I used for beat the pundit I like this tweet from Barry McFadgen He says Gordon I work in a bank And someone came in to change a one pound for a new one Looked a lot like your namesake DL Hashtag tight as There we are So I'll, I'll make some inquiries Don't you worry about that Barry Thanks for getting in touch We'll get these two a full time teaser And that's coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com Backing Scottish football all season long. Please gamble responsibly. James McFadden and Mark Guidi are here. They're ready for this full-time teaser and I make no apologies for the fact this is a stinker. This is a, this is really tough, I must admit. Sent in uh, by Martin Burns. Martin specialises, I think, in sending some of the tough ones in. But I know you two are... You're decent. You're capable. It says, which ten players... Have played in all four tiers of Scottish football with the same club. Want me to repeat that? So pretty simple. Lee McCulloch. Uh, which ten players have played in all four tiers of Scottish football with the same team? We're looking for ten of them. Yes, Lee McCulloch, for Lee instance. Uh, yes. Nicky Law. No. Okay, so that was sent in by Martin Burns. If there's any yeah, stewards' inquiries, a... direct them to Martin. Bum, 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 bum. One of the Toshes at Gretna, Stevie Tosh. No, but you, you may be along the right lines. Bingham. No. Is it not Paul Tosh? No. No. Okay. What about Barry Mackay? No. Okay, that's right, fine. We've okay. got two to get us off and running. We can get back to that in a second. Uh, Ian is in Greenock. Hi, Ian. 
Uh, good evening, Gordon. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, James. And uh, mm-hmm. having you, you so yes, ahead. same to you. I'm just back from Liverpool, and I seen Virgil uh, in the stands at Burnley. You, I told you I was going to Liverpool for the New Year, Gordon. You did indeed. Were you on a bit of a scouting mission? No, not just a scouting mission. Just doing there for the week uh, for the bells with my, my good lady, mate. Very uh, nice. Glad you got away. Three years in a trot, mate. Anyway, tradition. Yeah. Anyway, talking about Mark was talking about uh, a number ten role at Celtic Park. Um, he spoke about a boy earlier, young McGinn, twenty one, twenty two years of age. Um, what can I say about him? Three million. Aye, well worth it because Scott Brown went to Celtic for four point four million. I think it was a Scottish record then. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a living year age gap between the two of them. Yep. He can, he can nurture the boy. I don't think he doesn't. He needs to nurture him because he's, the boy's got every all the capabilities. But there's a young boy that's playing this morning at the moment for my hometown, young Lewis Morgan. Had a fantastic game at Cartwell yesterday against my hometown team. Um, obviously, his own hometown team. And he scored two great goals on Friday night, I think. Yeah, it was, it was Friday, yeah. Uh, two cracking goals. OK, Celtic, I think they're going to sign him tomorrow um, and put him back on loan to St Mun. Now, that boy has got me fear. Um, and obviously, I got I heard that from Brendan Rodgers when they played in the Scottish mm. Cup last season at Park Keith. Um, I think he's only 19, is he? Gordon James, can you help me out there? Lewis Morgan. Yeah, I think he's 20, maybe, maybe 21, 19, actually. 19, 20. He's yeah. not, I don't think he's any more than 20, James. But anyway, they two boys, James, same to yourself, Mark. <laughs> would you think, I think McGinn would be a snap at three and a half million, four million. Mark, um, I mean, it just depends. I've seen some Celtic fans talk about this so-called replacement for Scott Brown and then some don't see them as being particularly similar. Ian was on there and and we started off talking about number 10. I'm not sure he would really consider John McGinn as one of those, but overall, what did you make of Ian's? Uh, Lewis Morgan, uh, I think I've seen Lewis Morgan once. He is 21, by the way, just to to clear it up. Um, So, for... Speaking to Alex Ray and, and Davy Farrell, who who managed them at St Mirren uh, a year, year and a half ago, um, then they certainly remember. Obviously, Jack Ross um, has worked with him as well, and and uh, you know helped to, to to bring the lad on. So, look, if it's if it's a three hundred thousand pounds investment from Celtic, then you know it's certainly. I mean this in the nicest possible way It's not a lot of money for Celtic to go and say You know what, we'll take a chance And this says, let's see what we can do Let's see if he if he is the real deal And can make the, the step up And, you know, there's no doubt that he has ability But as Ian says, and we've seen him many times With Celtic and Rangers players Do you have the mentality to cope With playing in front of 40, 50, 60,000 every week? That's a big kind of question So at 300 grand, yes, I would go for it On John McGinn um, Watch John McGinn playing a number of times over the past couple of years, and yeah, if if, if the figurines using three point five million, uh, could I see John McGinn replacing Scott Brown and and maturing and developing into that kind of role that that, that Scott Brown plays? Could John McGinn do that two or three years from now? Yeah, I think he could. I don't think that's his natural game at the moment. I think he naturally wants to push forward and and press and you know attack in the final third. But I think he could. Play that role, and if it was me, yeah, three and a half million quid, I, I would take John McGinn all day long at that price. 
Yeah, I agree. I think John McGinn over the last year and a half, two years, has been excellent. You know, he's coming in and he's played played the last game for Scotland. He was excellent. The the games against Celtic, he's done really well, especially against Scott Brown, who we who we have to compare him to because he's the best midfielder that we have in Scotland. Um, so I think John McGinn be ideal for Celtic, as you said, Mark. He's he's not really a sitting midfielder, although you can see him playing there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, to me, I've said this before. He's just a good centre mid. He's a central midfielder. He can tackle. He can pass. He gets forward. He scores goals. He tracks back. He's just a good old-fashioned centre midfielder for me. Lewis Morgan, I've spoken about before. Excellent young player. Can go either way. Very exciting. Scores goals, and he's a problem to play against. Um, and I think that I keep saying it. The fact that it's young Scottish players that Celtic are looking to buy is, is can only be good for good for Scottish football for me. You want to come back in? Yeah, you yes, please. Aye, thanks, Gordon. Um, I, I, well said, James and Mark. <coughs> excuse me. Um, going to the, um, the the centre half role. Um, obviously, there's a bit. I think there's a. I don't know, Mark. You were the paper on that. Um, but a negotiation. I've been reading it on some of the tabloids, some of the 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 websites. But uh, young Jack is it Jack Henry? Yes, Dundee? from Dundee. Yep. Um, I think they're trying to negotiate a deal. <clears throat> some in the region of one and a half million. Um, I don't know Mark if you can enlighten me on that well he's he's on the radar he's on a list certainly you know for looking at negotiating a fee you know, remember Dundee do have Scott Allen there at the moment who's on loan from Celtic perhaps there's a bit of wheeling dealing can be done there there's maybe one or two other friend players at Celtic that Celtic could offer on, on loan for six months or a year for Jack Henry if they, they do want him um, as I say he is on the radar I know he's on the radar of Rangers um, as well and a number of clubs um, down south I remember watching him for Patrick Thistle a couple of years ago and I thought he was a terrific um, young player played in beside Liam Lindsay I remember in a game and he really caught the eye for me more than Liam Lindsay um, so yeah I've no doubt that, that Jack Henry has um, got a big future in the game with all respect to, to Dundee but I think at a higher level but good news for Dundee is they're going to get a right few quid from whether they sell in this window the next window or, or a year from now OK thanks to Ian the Celtic fan in Greenock for his thoughts we're still here if you want to get in touch 0141 951 1025 now I did say there had been some transfer activity elsewhere uh, Motherwell have signed Curtis Main he's a striker he's just left Portsmouth 25 year old and he moves to Fir Park on an 18 month deal uh, a really simple way of looking at this and perhaps an unfair one James would be to say you're the man that's going to replace Louis Moult. On you go. <laughs> that's quite a challenge. That is, but that is the challenge that, that faces him. And as I've said numerous times before on this, this show as well, Louis Moult precedes, uh, but there's guys before him, like Michael Higdon, you know, scored goals, will nev- never replace him, Ross McCormack, Chris Porter, Scott McDonald, the list goes on. There's always, you know, you look back and think we'll never ever get that player to go and score the goals and, and, and it seems to happen. So the challenge for Curtis Main is to go and be the next Louis Moult, who was the next Michael Higdon, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's been done. It's not the end of the world. Football moves on and that's what happens. If it is Curtis Main, great, fair play to him. And I'm sure they'll be looking, especially going with Steve Robinson's comments recently, they'll be looking to add another, at least one more striker. Um, Mark, so that's maybe quite a lot of expectation to put on a player and say, you know, you, you must replace Louis Moult's goals. But for the player himself, you can understand the attraction of the move because we know that our game is not awash with money and all the rest of it. <clears throat> but I wonder if players like Curtis Main have looked at Louis Moult and saw what a move to 
a club like Motherwell may do for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a chance. As Louis Milk said, time you know he he was playing down the road, no exposure. You know, never on on live TV. And all of a sudden, you know, he comes up here, he bangs in a few goals. He's in a cup final. Uh, he's he's on Sky. He's on BT. You know, six, seven, eight times a year, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it becomes an asset. People look at him, he gains attention, and and good luck to the boys. A three and a half year deal he got there at Preston. He's going to make himself a right few quid over the next few years, which is great for him. And I think the point you make about about Curtis Main uh, is absolutely right. Gordon Hill thinks, well, why not? You know, and I, I don't know Curtis Main at all, but knowing footballers, he'll be thinking, yeah, I can do that. If Louis Moult can do it. I can do it, you know, this time next year I could be coming back down the road to a higher level Or getting a move to, to Rangers or Aberdeen or Celtic or whatever it may be So, yeah, there, there's no doubt that he'll certainly be thinking that And I hope that he does well for Motherwell Because, as we all know in this studio Motherwell need a kickstart They need to get their season going again in the second half And, uh, you know, bringing in a goal scorer Will certainly help them achieve that Okay, let's get back to the phone lines Kevin's in Crawford. hi Kevin Doing, lads. Yeah, good job. Yep, same thing. Yeah, I'm actually phoning about one of your previous calls, um, talking about Rangers laid doing a marker at Celtic Park. Uh, was this John? I think it was John and Paisley, wasn't it? Yeah, the, do you know what I mean, guy? I can't remember the boy's name. <laughs> right, um, okay. But do you remember the last time Rangers laid doing a marker at Celtic Park? We won each game. This Murty's we game last the, season. Aye, we went to Humpton at Ibrox 5 1 the very next game. I think Rangers fans just need to wind it in a wee bit. Yeah, well, I think what Rangers fans, or what Rangers actually, the football club and and their players need to do is show a greater level of consistency. As I said, you know the the, the terrific results back to back against Aberdeen, going Easter Road, and winning. But then you know you know you're you're losing, um, you know games to to Dundee and and, and Hamilton Ackies. Which really shouldn't be happening if you want to be taken seriously in terms of title contenders or making that next step, which is, um, you know, overtaking Aberdeen and becoming the the second most uh, consistent team in the country. So, listen, Rangers were more than worthy of their point on Saturday, but it is only one game and they have got to prove it over 34, 36, 38 games that they're able to achieve that. And until you do that, then, you know... you can't be taken overly seriously in, in terms of achieving what you think your club should achieve. Want to come back in, Kevin? Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it's getting laughable now. I've been having it in work all week about how they were the better team, how they were this, how they were that. They forget we missed two or three chances in the first half. If we take them the second half, the crumble is what they normally do. Listen, I can see this is what this show revolves around at times, really, Mark and James. It's, it's all, you know, the bragging rights and, and all the rest of it. I mean, I think it's Tom, become. If you're a Rangers supporter, if you base it on the last game at Ibrox in September and draw a comparison to five days ago, then you can absolutely understand why the Rangers fans would be buoyant and think, you know what, there's a, there's a bit of light at, at the end of the tunnel. If we can get an investor or, you know, if we can bring in two or three quality players, we might not be far away. But equally what you've got to remember is Celtic do have the greater financial muscle and they can go and shop at a different level from, or they should, rather, they should be able to go and shop at a different level from what Rangers can shop at at the current moment. But uh, I can totally understand why Rangers supporters <coughs> would be feeling good about themselves because, you know, it was a good performance um, from the Diva chance to score a couple Yeah they could have conceded a couple But you know Four months ago They didn't lay a glove on Celtic The performance at Ibrox That day 
for, for a Rangers team in an old firm game I thought was embarrassing and Celtic could have won by three or four um, I think if they really wanted to to, to you know twist it in um, they could have but Saturday's performance represents a bit of hope um, for Rangers but it's about being more consistent and that's what they've got to build into their game and get into their psyche over the next months and uh, year or two to come uh, Kevin what are you hoping to see from your team in the next couple of weeks then? Just consistency um, I think that draw might be the, the kick up the backside that we actually need because um, the last few weeks it's just been they've been turning up just to expect to beat wee teams um, and JC one and on get a draw at Celtic Park Oh right, I see, I see what you did there, Kevin. Um, I think on on that with the Rangers uh, situation, I think the biggest thing is is giving the Rangers fans something to look forward to as a as a marker for the fans to let them know that there is a there is a bit of hope for them because before that it was always it's going to take us three, four, five years to recover. I'm not saying that's it fixed, but it shows them that they're they're going in the right direction. Graham Murray's come in and he's had a up and down start. He's, he's had a good result against uh, Celtic there in terms of what went on before. So it allows the Rangers fans to to, to dream a wee bit and, and look forward with a bit of hope and optimism rather than looking and saying, we're miles off it, we're going to spend this much and that and do this and get rid of him and bring him in. It gives them a little bit of hope to say that you know there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel for them. Okay, thanks to Kevin and Croft for his thoughts. How are you getting on with this teaser? Remember, we're looking, and I know some of you play along at home, so we're looking for 10 players who've played in all four tiers of Scottish football with the same team. So uh, the guys, this is sent in by Martin Burns, by the way. So Lee McCulloch and Lee Wallace are two that the guys have got already. Paul Lawson? Nope. So is Ross County one of them as well then? There is, n- I'll give you a clue, there are no Ross County players. Inverness? Yes Ross Topley Yes Ross Draper Nope Russell Duncan Nope Barry Wilson Yes Barry Wilson yeah. Okay oh, we're getting somewhere um, Okay We'll get the answers to the full time teaser Coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Ladbrooks.com Download the app And score a tap in Please gamble responsibly into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard James McFadden and Mark Guidi Are giving this teaser sent in by Martin Burns A real good go I must admit James and Mark are very competitive When it comes to these things uh, And the question is as follows So Martin Burns has sent it in It says which 10 players have played in all four tiers of Scottish football With the same team So far we've got Lee McCulloch and Lee Wallace We've got Ross Tokley and Barry Wilson So you've got four out of ten so far What did the, the break give okay. you? Two Gretna players the okay. good doctor Kenny Duker. Good doctor, yep, he's there. And Gavin Skelton. Uh huh. Forty get. Okay, that's not bad at all. There's okay, another Rangers see. player. There is another definitely. Rangers player, right. definitely. Yep, I've no problem admitting that. I think it's at the time we give you a little bit of a clue. Uh, in fact, just while we're talking about uh, the transfer window, and we were on about Louis Moult a minute ago on the subject of former Motherwell striker James, you are you are available. All of a sudden I just learned this tonight You're, You are available to buy Should anyone I don't think there's any well, any, any, any buying to be done But um, your, your spell at Queen of the South Has, yeah, has come, to an, it's end, come yep. to an end Yep uh, I, I signed obviously a short term deal And, and that's it up uh, A mixture of things and, and I'll be looking to To play on somewhere So um, We'll see what happens I've had a, a good couple of days Off with the family there. The kids are off school So I've had a good Good few days to relax Nice new year uh, I'll keep myself fit and, and wait for the phone to ring. You still maintain that that appetite to, to get 
to keep going Absolutely I think when I went into training At Queen of the South I was I was a wee bit overweight And, and I had to get fit And and they allowed me to do that uh, I'm in I'm in good shape now I feel fit And as as you say I still have the hunger To go and play I enjoy getting into training Every day Last few weeks I never played as much uh, Which was hard But um, I'm 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 still looking to to play on, and uh, as I said, we'll see what comes up um, before I decide what I'm going to do next. At what level, James? Are you? Uh, do you think you're still able to go? And uh, I, I think you know it'd have to be the championship. I don't think I'd, I'd go any lower um, than that because I played. I think I had maybe eight or nine, ten games in a row there, and, and I was starting to get fit, and I felt good. Um, so I, I think it was there. I enjoyed myself, as I said, and and we'll we'll see what comes up there. Where do you think that, that appetite to keep going comes from, James? Because I know, obviously, um, different players have different feelings on it and depending on what level you've played at, some might, some would forgive you, I suppose, for getting to this stage and thinking, I've played in the English Premier League, I've represented my country and so on. Call it quits. Where do you get that from, that, that appetite to keep plugging away? It's just it's something I've always I've always had. Um, it's a game I love. I love playing it. I love, I love the training. I love, um, you know, getting up every morning knowing I'm going to... They do for me the best job in the world. I say that to younger players now when I speak to them. Some of them come in and they're a bit down or they're worried that they're not playing or they have other other things outside or they see their mates having a good time and, and they want that and, and I just say to them, well, it's the best job in the world. I maintain that for the day I walked in the door at Motherwell and uh, anybody that knows me will know you know how enthusiastic I am to train and, and to play games and, and, and I enjoy you know I enjoy trying to help the younger players as well I'm at that stage now where I was going to say is that, do you get a different satisfaction from that side of it now being able to pass on the, the experiences it is because you know I've been that young guy before and, and sometimes you, you know older players will say stuff to you and you don't know how to take it so I try and explain whatever way I can what kind of help depending on the help they need but just try and help them and, and open their eyes a wee bit because when you're that age you can be you know the world's against you and nobody likes you especially if you're not playing or the manager doesn't think I'm any good and do the rest of my players think I'm any good and it's just to let them know that at 18, 19, 20 years old you're, you're not going to be the, the finished article or the best player you know every day in training or every game but it's just to let them know that a different side it really because players now are really hard on themselves they want to be the best it can be and that's great but you need to show them that, that there is a process and it's not going to happen overnight but you know to work hard and, and stick at it and as you said I've played at the highest level so there's certain things that I, I feel I can see and, and help young players with There you are if there are any chairman out there and you want to okay. sign James McFadden the number's 01419511025 you can also reach us on Twitter yeah, We'll, we'll at, take a pizza and a bag of chips from. at Clyde SSB as well uh, Mo's in Shawland Hi Mo uh, good, uh, good evening panel Hello How are you doing? Uh, Happy New Year to you all. Yes, same Happy to you, Mo. Yeah, uh, my point is a couple of points, actually. Uh, it's regarding, uh, obviously, uh, the, the transfer window. Um, with the amount of money Celtic have, with uh, Van Dyke, and I have no doubt Moussa um, Dembele will be leaving, so they're going to have, uh, basically, uh, loads of money to spend. Um, they should look for an impact player, uh, something along the lines of Chris Common. They've not had that kind of player for quite a long time now. Um, there was talk a couple of seasons back of uh, Robert Sodgas possibly uh, coming to Serbia and off to Norwich. Um, that was my first point. And also, uh, they need to, I think, produce or find another Kieran Tierney for the right back position. I think that's another part of the team that needs to be improved. Um, yeah, no problem. Well, let's take those two points separately then. I'll give the first one uh, to you, Mark. 
we, we were actually thinking about this in the office today in terms of uh, you know January signings that, that really worked. Chris Commons was was absolutely one of them. So whether yeah. it's that type of player or not is, is a different matter. But as Mo says there, um, that that in a way is the that's the impact you're looking for from a January signing. Yeah, something like that can come in and really you know lift the place. And, you know, I think Celtic need something like that. You know, they're still top of the league. That you know, they're still you know very comfortable uh, in terms of the, the the domestic scene. But I think some of the performance haven't quite been up to the standards at Celtic. Uh, would like so yeah I think they need a wee injection and a Chris Commons type would absolutely give them that where you get him that kind of player from I don't know Mo's mentioned Robert Snodgrass here he is on loan from West Ham to Aston Villa at the moment unless I'm mistaken the loan is for a year so I don't know if I can get out in that I don't think he'll be going back to West Ham though by the way by the way the the owners and stuff will talk publicly about it depends if if, if Davey Moyes wanted them if there's some kind of you know clause in the contract they could call them back I'm sure that that Davey Moyes is a player that and, and James would know that would appreciate somebody like um, Robert Snodgrass because he does have a lot to offer in terms of Robert Snodgrass coming to Celtic he is a Celtic supporter um, could I see that happening one day yeah I wouldn't be um, surprised if that kind of signing um, happened uh, one day but I, I don't think in this window no uh, James the second point Mo made was that Celtic need to try and uh, find a, a create a Kieran Tierney for the right back position now that's definitely easier said than done but I'm sure they'll be hoping that Anthony Ralston can at least have I'm not going to say the same impact But can make an impact when he's back from, from injury Yeah well when you think of full backs at Celtic have produced before Kieran Tierney The last one you would probably think about is Danny McGrain So I think that tells you how many times a Kieran Tierney uh, comes round But Anthony Ralston certainly looks like he can go and make an impact And, and certainly challenge Lustig for a place further down the line And uh, it, it'd be great to see it I keep saying it I want to see young Scottish players coming through in the game uh, and bringing the the focus onto Scottish players in the Scottish League. So it'd be great if Anthony Ralston can. But, you know, as I said, Kieran Tierney's almost like a once-in-a-generation once in type player and, and they'll be they'll be happy that they've got him without looking to try and get another one the same as him on the other side. OK, thanks to Mo and Shollins. Have you got your missing Rangers player yet? Matthew Bates? Nope. No, no, but I've got, I think I've got another, the Inverness one maybe. OK. Big Bobby Man. No, there no. are no more Inverness. Oh, You've got no all your Inverness. Inverness. Yep. Oh, right. Okay. Who's the Rangers player? He'd have to have played in the past eighteen months if he's if he's been moved. He's on. still playing in the Championship, I think. Yeah. Still playing the, what? Here. Yeah, here. Ladbrokes Championship. Oh, it'll, <clears throat> um, it'll be. Uh, okay, I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about it. Davies in the south side. How you doing? Not bad, Davy. Just make it quite quick for me if you can. No problem. I'd just man. like to uh, talk about the the, the, play, the young players at Celtic are going for Scottish players. I don't think any of the young boys will get again for Celtic. All they'll do is I think they'll just get loaned out, the same as Christie and Scott Allen, and you know the the boys have no chance of getting in the Celtic team. Well, I just like to hear what you think about that. Certainly, always the risk, Mark. I don't think anyone would deny that. No, but you know, as I say, if, you, if you're going to, you know, if you're not spending millions and millions, then if you think, you know what, he's worth a gamble. He's got good ability. You know, we feel that if we can get him into our our, our club, then you can work with him. You can improve him with the, with the coaching, the facilities, and then it becomes about the mentality. Okay, can he handle playing in front of fifty, sixty thousand? So yeah, there's lots of different questions to be answered. You know, one thing that you do know in Scottish football. James just said particularly on play, you don't get a finished mm. article so there's things that you've got to work on there's things that you don't know about that you're willing to take a gamble on but if you're this finished article article you certainly wouldn't be playing in Scottish football and you certainly wouldn't be available for you know half a million quid or uh, whatever it may be is it Tom mm. Walsh? 
<laughs> no, 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 it's not, no, but you're close. No, no. Um, James, on Davy's point there, I suppose for everyone who would say, well, you know, look at Scott Allen or Ryan Christie, you could also say, you know, what about Stuart Armstrong? Came and forced his way into the team and, and became one of the sort of main main players of the team. So it just depends, I guess, what, what your appetite is like as a player to, to go there and prove yourself. It is, but Callum McGregor's another one. I know they never brought him in, but it took him a long time for him to, yeah. to be the player. Doing Notts County on loan so and stuff like that. I think that the players... The mentality is that they're going to go. It's not they're just no just signing for Celtic because it's Celtic and it's good money. I think the players will go there and they want to go and play and show they're good enough. Certainly with John McGinn, I think you know he'd come in and, and play for Celtic, no problem. Right, thanks to Davy. We need to get to this teaser Was because you've, Ross, you've still Ross got Perry. a couple. No, no, is he still playing in the Championship, James? I'm looking to use your. So he played in the Champions League when he was just a youngster. He's he, he, he's had a spell at Airdrie. The spell at St Mirren He's now elsewhere Oh um, Yep yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle Hutton Kyle Hutton Right we got there in the end uh, So you're looking for A Morton player And A Two Gretna players The Morton player You're going back a wee bit Going back a mm-hmm. bit Oh I think he's one of Morton's Record appearance holders he's Played a lot of games For Morton this what guy Jim Holmes or something like that No Far back is that Derek Collins Oh Derek Collins Right back yep. Yeah Derek Co- Went right. to Hibs didn't he mm-hmm. Derek Right so you've Hibs. got yep. Two former Gretna players One's a proper Experienced pro- Played for so many clubs In the top flight Defender Played for Kilmarnock Livingston St Mirren Dundee United Gretna and Kilm- oh. oh Yeah 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 yeah. First yeah. name Go on give me the Chris. first name Chris Yeah uh, Chris Innes Chris, Chris Innes Yeah and the last one's also getting a player. This one is tough. I don't. I don't even know how to describe this to you. Um, his first name's Ryan. This is tough. This is definitely tough. I mean, I've heard of him, but it's tough. No idea. No, Ryan Baldacino. Oh, no, <laughs> right, okay. Well done, Martin Burns. You've foxed him. I'll be back tomorrow night with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson.